Oh, hey there, Traveler. Welcome back to the end of the Seven Dice. Hope town's been treating you well. It's been pretty rough out there with all them monster attacks lately. Anyways, Wingover's just getting set up. Why don't you go over there and check things out? Oh, Traveler. Welcome back. Suppose that Kelsar's crazy, trippy dream made you want to come back and hear more, eh? Or maybe you're just wondering, did Ronnie actually do a good job and not have to pay for drinks, or what happened there? Well, I'm here to tell you now that, no, it was just okay, and he didn't have to pay for his drinks, and Kelsar woke up, so... But, today's tale shall bring us excitement shall show us unfolding powers, shall show the raw energy of friendship. Or, I'd like to believe. But let me introduce our two guests that we have today. This is Tisha, and this is Mary. Say hello. Hi. Hi. What? Why was there such a big pause there? Like you didn't... Okay. Alright. They come from the Bardic College Battle Bards. And they bring over some great instruments, some strange animals, and some dangerous creatures which we really need to look into because I'm afraid the guards will come in here and try to take them away and then arrest us as a result. Anyways, if you want these amazing sound effects for your show, then go over to BattleBards.com and use the promo code BALLAD7DICE. That's BALLAD and the number 7 and DICE. And get yourself a wonderful Battle Bard subscription. But that's enough of me prattling on. I'm sure you're like, hey Wingover, is there another review? And I have to say, there is. This review comes from Facebook. And we were given five stars by Amanda. She says, love it so far. Have the latest episode playing as I'm working and keep trying to hold back laughter. This story had me from the first episode and it's easy to follow what's happening. I've never played D&D, but I have the basics down just from listening to this. Good job, exclamation mark. I'm noticing a trend. But what is this D&D? Truly a mystery. But let us delve into the mystery that Death Shift seeks out, as I present to you The Case of Aaron Bordeaux, Part 1. Hi, I'm Robert. I'm playing MZ, the third level Githyanki Ranger. Hey! My name is Humberto, and I play Borden, the level 3 Dwarven Cleric. Hi, my name is Brent, I am playing Kelsar, the level 3 Tiefling Paladin. This is Evan, I'm playing Ronnie, the third level Half-Elf Bard. So last time we left you guys, you were in Sanctuary, you enjoyed your first day off. Borodon found out some information relating to his father, where Ronnie started up a pretty sweet concert that ended in a lot of clerics getting upset with him. Or not clerics, cultists. 
and Kelsar got to join in on that sweet fray. After retiring for the day, you all went back and you got to get sucked into Kelsar's vision, and MZ was the only one who strangely slept through it. So it is now the next morning. You guys just finished having breakfast. You're all ready for the day. We got our gear. Uh, yeah, your gear came in. So just let's go over super, super quick the stuff that you requested as far as armor and weapons go. Uh, we'll start with Enzi. What did you grab? Studded leather armor. I got 50 feet of hemp rope, a water skin, a crowbar, a tinderbox, 10 torches, 10 days of rations, two flasks of oil, a grappling hook, and two flasks of acid. Right. And what did you grab board on for armor and weapons? It's like a scale mail shield. I have like a holy symbol. I think okay. that's not supplied by them. That's just mine. A war hammer and a mace. And also, I think I had like the basic uh, package for, for like basic adventure package or something with like a backpack yeah water skin rations yeah okay and what did you grab Kelsar? well i have my long sword my shield uh plate mail okay uh and i guess whatever else you for my adventure okay so they would have given you a backpack water skin 10 days rations they would have given you um some silk rope and if there's any other little things you can think of, just let me know. And Ronnie, what did you grab? Uh, Rip here. Yep. A uh, set of leather armor. And then, yeah, standard adventure pack. Just a backpack, bedroll. Sweet. Costumes, design, uh, disguise kits. So you guys got your stuff, and they also gave each of you this stone of communication. Now, these stones are linked specifically to set groups. Whereas, like, the watchers of the city have ones that all communicate with each other. Your four stones just communicate with each other. Do I still have my old one? You do not. It was at the end. Mm, okay. And so, you guys can communicate to each other within a one-mile radius. So, this yeah. city's fairly big, so if you were at, like, the very corners of it, you probably wouldn't be able to communicate. But for the most part, you'll be able to talk to each other in this city in case something happens. And you can tell that it's just, it's basic divination magic. They're basically, it's like you can cast message and send it to another. Mm -hmm. It's the bright morning. What are you guys planning to do with your day? First, I'll just ask if Kelsar, if he's okay. Um, just a little bit tired, but uh, thank, thank you, Borodon. Okay, cool. So, one question. Does this happen often to you? Like... I mean, not the nightmares, because nightmares, I think, something, I don't know, common, but, like, the blue eyes, you know, like, in flames or something? You've seen it happen whenever he uses his shield ability, but that's the only time. Oh, oh. And MZ, you saw it when he got really passionate when you were in the bar. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Okay. But Kelsar, that's not a normal thing for you. That wasn't, like, a thing growing up. This is brand new. No, this is completely new. I, I don't know what it all means yet, but... Okay. So, yeah, that's that's odd, but I think... I don't know, maybe we should just pay attention to it anyway, just to be sure that these won't, you know, come back and bite us in the back. Yeah. Also, uh, me and uh, MZ, we went to, like, this hands guy. Yeah. And uh, he sort of... He has seen my father, 
and there is like these two places. Okay. One of them is Bordip and the other one is Nesmi. I was thinking maybe we could go there, you know, just to check out. Because uh, if my father is still alive, I need um, I need to ask him some questions. Well, Maybe he could even join our, our party. He's like a nice person. I, I agree. I think eventually we should find him. But what about that Alex Bordeaux guy from Geldspar who made that deal with the mayor? He's supposed to be in this town. I mean, <laughs> well, this city is nothing anymore, right? It's just rumbles and ashes. I think, mm-hmm. in a sense, it could wait. Because, uh, well, my father was all over the place. Or at least the guy that looks like my father was all over the place. So maybe he can just, you know, go away. And this Bordo person, maybe he's still around in the city so i don't know it's really up to you guys but between a guy that has a connection to a city that was destroyed and my father well i think i will go with my father but that's a democracy right i need to know about like what the group wants well here's my concern though um we're off on a mission in a day how, how far away is this well according to hands is like i think it's some days of walk you know so um, i don't know for sure because we're off on a mission tomorrow it was like three days right uh no when you looked at the equipment you saw there was at least three weeks of rations Uh but you don't necessarily know how long the trip is oh okay so yeah i got it wrong then so i'll just tell that the group so I i bought enough for us to go you know in about a like three weeks but okay, maybe, well, maybe that will have to wait. We might be going in that area eventually. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, let's see what's this mission that they're like that they have for us. If it's something super, not necessarily like important, but they need us to investigate that thing now we do it now otherwise maybe we can postpone it you know mm-hmm. why don't we talk to them and get some more information sure yeah instead of guessing i agree okay would that be the would that be the oracles that we talk to yeah you would talk yeah. to someone of higher authority they would probably have some information on the mission like a dossier or something mm-hmm. yeah so are you guys going to seek out someone? Uh, the people you know of authority in this place are Lord Elwyn and Astoria. And Sir Astoria, the leader of the oracles, right? Yeah, Astoria is like the top. It's like kind of going to a, a company president and being like, hey, I got a question. <laughs> but I mean, you totally could. She did say she's got an open door. Do you guys want to go there? Are we all fed? Yeah, you all ate. Okay. You're all in the building still, so... Mm-hmm. Let's do it. So that's that's what I'll do. So who are you going to visit? I was thinking like Astoria. Okay. She probably knows best. So you guys go and you go down the hallway to the left in the building, and it's it's pretty quick getting there. And you see her name is carved on this golden plaque that's on this door. And you knock a couple times. The door is open by this large woman. She's probably close to seven feet tall she's got her hair cropped short and slicked back and she's wearing a set of breastplate and she smiles come in come in excuse me so just 
she waves you in and then you see Astoria is just kind of sitting on her desk and she goes, oh, um, welcome. Yes, this is Sven, my wife. Oh, hey Sven. I've heard about you. It's a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, same. And she shakes your hand. So what was it that we could help you with? Like, I have sort of a quest of my own. So let me just like recapitulate. So she was the one that helped me with my visions, right? That's right. Uh, did she see my visions? No. Okay, so I'll just tell her. So the visions that you helped me with, like to unlock my secret power, I sort of like recalled, it's either like a memory or something. And uh, I, I saw my father. And then I talked to Hans, which was like the merchant, which was the last person who saw him. And he told me that uh, my father used to go to Waterdeep and Nazmi. So I was thinking that if our mission, like the mission that you guys have stored for us, if it's not like necessarily a priority thing, maybe we could, I could investigate, you know, my father's uh, whereabouts first. What do you think? She turns to Sven as well. What's the mission? The mission, it is delicate. You'll be going in one day's time on reconnaissance. You'll find that You'll be traveling up north a little bit, closer to Waterdeep, but it'll still be a ways away. Perhaps after you accomplish your said task, we'll have someone uh, get the information from you and you can go to Waterdeep for a little. Sure. Yeah, sure. If it's urgent. We are trying to track down a caravan of the enemy. They have information. We're going to gather their maps to locate their third hidden base. Sure. Uh, yeah. I think he can wait. Does Kalsar know about, uh, about like what Borodon told him, like where his dad's been and all that? You know about Waterdeep. Uh, Borodon, hmm. uh, didn't didn't Hans mention that your father went to Waterdeep a few times as well? Maybe we can get information there. Yes, but that's what Zvan was saying. Maybe after we do our mission, maybe just could you know stop by. So yeah, I think I think it's fine. Right. Yeah. I think it, it's a I don't know. It sounds like a plan. What do you guys think? Sounds like the pieces are falling into place, but of course we can't be too sure on that. There's always going to be uh, something that's... Waterdeep is a very large city. If you're looking for one man, it'll be tough. And what about Nesme? And where is it? Is it like very far away from here? Nesme is more to the north. It's probably about a one to two month trip. Uh, somewhere in between <laughs> oh! that. So, if you wanted to get there, we could definitely look into having magical assistance for you. But at the moment, it is a quite a trip and a dangerous one at that. You would need to be very prepared. Okay. If a person goes to Nesme, for example, like he would probably he wouldn't go uh, on his own, right? No. They wouldn't go on their own. That would be uh, almost certain suicide. They'd probably travel with a large group, a caravan or an armed escort. Okay. Was that everything? Yes, actually. Yes, it is. At least on my side, maybe the group has any like has questions about this mission as well or something. Yeah, I, I, I have a question. And what is that? I ask who the truth is. So she sits down and she stares at you for a moment. The truth. Is this a person one of you encountered? Uh, I encountered him 
in the tunnels of the Underdark while we were hunting Illithid. So she stands up and she holds out her hands and you see this energy start to glow on them. And then she casts a spell and in front of her in this life-size image, there is a being who is standing there who's completely white. They have white cloak, they have white pale skin, white fingernails, and they have a plain pallid mask that is over their face, like an old theater mask. And all of you recognize this. Ronnie, it's kind of a little hazy because you're pretty, you're a little drunk at the time, but you do recognize this as that bleeding guy who came out of the alley and you all had encountered him. This is truth. Many of us have encountered this being. He seems to work for this power that has granted us all these abilities and has given us a place in this war. He seems to be an emissary of some sorts. No one could ever get him to talk very much. He would usually just feed towards your desires, give you something in exchange for aiding in the war. Be it power, money, probably in Ronnie's case, fame. And so when he enlists you, he places the mark on your hand, which we believe to be a parasite. So we're guessing that either he's a host of these parasites, like the one on us, or he's a parasite himself. We're not entirely sure. And uh, what is the white stone? The white stone? I'm sorry, I don't think I've encountered this. My friend Zin and I encountered a strange elithid, and we were trying to fight it, and he took out a white stone and accepted some gift, and then he transformed into who I believe to be Matthews now. Interesting. And have any of you dealt with this stone as well? I have. Kalsar, did you get a look at this stone? Did you know any other properties to it? Seems like um, it gave me like a sense of warmth to it, but it was also a, like a conduit or something that let that let Matthews in, as well as his uh, his ilk. Mm. Perhaps, and I could be wrong. This could be something else entirely. When dealing with a being as old as Matthews, it's very difficult. But it could have been a soul stone that you encountered. Oh. So he would have placed himself inside this stone, waited for however long, and once whatever criteria was met with the stone, then he would have been able to burst through, most likely possessing a powerful target around him. As you've seen, the body he holds right now used to be a cleric of Lathander, a very powerful one. So what is truth exactly? Is, is this being on our side? Is it against us? What is it doing? I wish I could tell you more. From what I can tell, it's working for whoever's granting us these powers. It seems to be his emissary, his herald, and he goes and collects the people that he's been told to find. When he found me, I was fighting in the war of Mithranor, and just before the explosion happened that decimated my city, I managed to meet this being, and he brought me forward in time. So... (sighs) At the end of the day, we are fighting a war for like a creature that has promised us 
that we can go home after we try to not necessarily like banish but avoid the summoning of like a all-powerful evil god being but we don't even know what he is or if he's good or bad or even if it's like on our side is that what you're saying how did you get your symbol Ordon, the one on your hand well i was in prison i was imprisoned by my own brother due to some i would say complications what complications yeah there was a betrayal inside my own kingdom and uh yeah it was actually horrible you betrayed your brother no i did not i would never do that but the thing is dorm she tricked actually she put a spell on the entire kingdom she sort of made the whole kingdom go against me they were saying that i was arming an enemy kingdom i didn't even go through trial uh, they were going to kill me they were going to behead me were you yes i was could you show i'm sorry bordon i don't mean to interrupt but could you show me where it cut you if you could just pull back your robes a little okay so i just pulled my robes a little her and sven walk up and they look closer and you guys can all see a very clear large scar that goes all the way around bordon's neck hmm. and how were the rest of you killed I got shot with a bunch of crossbows. That was your chest, I take it? Uh, I don't remember. Do you mind if we see? I'm curious if you all have markings. Because this is very important. When we come back from death, from these marks, our bodies are perfect. There are no markings. Any previous scars we had are gone. Wherever all of you were hurt, please show us. As, like, I, I go to show where I was killed, the strange Elithid and Matthews talked like allies. Matthews asked the Elithid if he was still sleeping. The Elithid said not for much longer. And then Matthews killed the Elithid. And as he was killing it, it was saying things like, no, you're not supposed to be here and curse you ghoulish one. I don't understand why if they were talking like allies for a second, he would suddenly kill him. One thing we do know about Matthews is when he kills something or someone, it's rarely for pleasure. It's often with a very clear purpose in mind. Although what the purpose is, is always unknown to us. There were many other groups when I first arrived in this time. Thirty years ago, there were six, seven, or even more groups, different symbols on their hands, and they were all fighting against one another. If I'm guessing right, I'm thinking that the one that Matthews killed was most likely belonging to another group. You might not realize this, but time most likely passed since you left your homes. Probably a number of years, if not decades. So if not decades, what about seconds? Since this is like an, somewhat like an alternative reality. It's possible. You could even be in the past at the moment. This is so confusing. Right before he killed me, my left hand, the one that had the symbol on it, had a yellowish glow. And then um, Matthews, or Evil Zen, saw the symbol. He got really angry. He said, uh, there's rules. He said, spoiled brat, something about a war. He said that his, I think he was referring to truth, but he said his days of playing commander are done. And then that's when he, he brutally killed me 
So while she's looking at each of your scars, I imagine you're gonna show her, right? No one's trying to hide them? Yeah. Yeah. So while she's looking at each of these and listening to you talk, she says, Well, we stopped receiving troops a year ago, and that would make sense if this whatever game or sick thing of chess that we're in if there was a certain allotment that they're allowed bringing in, which means that you four are outside of the allotment. That would explain why possibly your symbols didn't bring you back properly. They brought you back with scars. While your powers develop much faster, you seem to be the center of attention of a lot of big figures, including ourselves. It could be that your irregularity you weren't supposed to happen. What do you mean, we weren't supposed to happen? So. It could be that our person in charge who's granting us these gifts cheated and brought you here. There is this one thing as well, Dorum, she also got my sister. She said she possessed the power to change time or something, or destiny. Was there a special property of your sister? Was she a seer as well? No, she was actually not. She was a warrior. She was a royal guard. That's interesting. When Dorum came after her, she's just a guard, how did she... Did she get away or was she captured? She was captured by Dorum. Interesting. And what she said was, while my sister was playing with swords, she said that my sister, she would be able to do so much more. And I'm a little bit concerned about what Dorum, what she has done to her. Which is something that after finding my father, if the creature that I'm looking for is actually my father, I, I'll, I'll try to find my sister as well. It's strange that she would come after your sister claiming such relevance. If that's true, then your sister is most likely on this world. I'm sorry if she is still alive. I hope she is. She better be. Dorum really seemed to have like a, a, like a huge interest in her. I imagine she wasn't going to kill her quickly. Yes. I mean, I, I felt like she was more a, a, I don't know, more of a tool on Dorum's eyes, instead of, you know, just maybe a sacrificial lamb. That's how I felt. Well, Bordon, if we hear anything about any dwarves with arms like yours, we'll be sure to let you know immediately. Thank you. Was there any other questions you had? What about the vision we all had when we died and came back? You had a vision? Or, sorry, I don't know if we all had it. I think I think we actually discussed about that. Did we? Haven't we? Yeah, you guys discussed it in the Goblin Cave. Just you and Bordon, though. Okay. So I know you and I have had this vision, Bordon. Yes. You can all remember that vision with pure clarity, like as if it just happened. Well, this vision that you had, anything specific happen in it? If you want, we could bring Elvito in here and he could show us. Good luck, guys. <laughs> Sure, yeah. we can do that. She touches her earring, and then she whispers something into it, and then in mere moments, you see the door doesn't open up. It's just this goo slides under the door and then forms back up into this floating gelatinous creature. I have been summoned. Elvito, they all... Did all of you have this vision? Yes. Well, at least yeah. I think so. Ronnie, Kelsar? Yes. Yeah. Could one of you volunteer? Elbito can show us this vision very quickly. I'll volunteer. 
<laughs> Good luck. Just letting you know it's unpleasant. I'm aware of it. <laughs> so Sven and Astoria, they both place their hand on Elbito, and Elbito moves its tentacles and puts it over your ears, uh. and you feel these little tendrils uh. go into your ears and go really uh, uh, far in, uh, and it is uh, so <laughs> uncomfortable. Oh. And suddenly that vision flashes through your mind in this, like, as if it's on fast forward. It just goes really quickly. You see the ship come in. You see it blow up in the atmosphere. You see these lithid running around. You see what you can tell an older dwarf woman and an elf woman jumping around on these rooftops with a giant mechanical man and a giant boar being chased after by cultists. Then they teleport out of the area. Then you see these large giants chasing after these horse riders that you can see that there's two members of the Silver Shield that are on their horses that are knocked out and these giants are completely mutated and they get into this walled kingdom and then the giants hit into the side of the walls and fall into the ravine and then you're back oh god I'm I am sorry about that that was awful I hate that thing alright so wow that was a lot um from what I could see those the two people near the end, they have the same symbol as on your shield, Kelsar? Yes. Are they here? That is in our world. From what I could see, and she looks like she has a really bad headache. I believe that was up in Nesme. Woohoo! <laughs> Let's go what to Nesme! are they? Who are they? I, I have to know. I, I don't know. I feel like you would know better. One was a young woman, brown hair, uh, she had darker skin. The other was a, a very large man. He looked very fit, had a head wound. It's them. Do you know these people? Yes. We have to find them. And as far as the walled city, she looks over at Sven, and they're just kind of looking at each other for a moment. Sven says, I believe that was Waterdeep. And then they they think over in the last one, those lithid, that explosion happened right in the atmosphere. I I can't imagine they survived it, but elithid are frighteningly powerful creatures, as I'm sure you know, MZ, and they tend to survive most things. They're like cockroaches. Have you seen any of these any of these beings from your dreams or from this vision? Have any of you? Yeah, when we were in a cave, I found we found a dead one. I took its patch off. It had the number 13 on it, but I lost it. Hmm. Well, that's troubling. That means that at least some of them made it through. We'll look more into this. I I need to sit down. That was uh, a lot. You guys have the most of the day still left. Why don't you go out and enjoy the town? I think we need to rest. I need to go wash my brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, before you leave, there was an incident, Kelsar, you said at the the vulgar unicorn? Yes, we were attacked by the cultists. Fifteen of them. Our people went there as well as the soldiers, and they said the business was operating like normal. That's impossible. No, no, no. It looked like everything was fine, uh, no damage, and all the patrons were just enjoying themselves, and the owner of the establishment says there were no issues, just Ronnie walked out. No, 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 that's impossible. We were attacked. Ronnie, we were surrounded by 15 cultists. Ronnie ran out. He did a, he did a spell that shattered all the windows. How, how could this be? Hmm. They may have done something to erase those people's minds. I'm not sure. 
We need to be careful. While you're in the city, try to stick at least in groups of two. Yeah. We'll make sure we do that. We're going to go lie down. Okay. And if you need anything else, please uh, contact Elwyn. He should still be in his office. Thank you. Of course. And she leans on Sven, and she holds out one hand, and you see this portal form in the air. And it's unlike the ones that you guys have been seeing quite often where it's a crack in the air. This one's just a circle that's flowing. And on the other side, you see another office. And they both walk through it, and it closes behind them. We really deal with powerful beings. Opening portals like that, it's not easy. At least it wasn't back home. So what do you wish to do? You got pretty much the whole day. It's been about an hour while you've been talking to them. Who is that lady she said we could go talk to? Or the guy we could go talk to? Elwyn. He was the, the tiger person you were talking to before. Right. I wouldn't mind asking him a question. Sure, I'll go with you. So you guys are all going there? I want to go back to the vulgar unicorn. I'm coming with you, Ronnie. Be a sleuth. <laughs> All right, so you guys you guys are going to go do some detective work, and the other guys are going to go ask Elwin some questions. So we'll start with MZ and Bordon. So while they're walking away, you guys go to Elwin's door, which isn't very far. It's like two minutes away down the hall, and you knock on his door, and you hear, Come in, and the door opens up. Okay. Ah, MZ, Bordon. Hello. I have a question I'd like to ask you. He puts his quill down and pushes his paper away a little bit. What is it? Have you heard the name Aaron Bordeaux? Aaron Bordeaux. No, I've never heard this name. Is this a person of particular importance? I don't know. He had something to do with the mayor in Geldspear, and uh, just something shady was going on. I just thought I'd ask him a couple questions. He was a corrupter. He actually corrupted the mayor there, but we don't know anything hmm. about him, and uh, now this city lies in shambles, so... If you're looking for someone of a more seedy nature, I would suggest going to the docks or going to the maze. The maze hmm. is a part of the town difficult to navigate, but where many of the folks with less money tend to live. Do not go at night. Thank you. Do you I, I turn to Bordon and would you want to go to the docks or would you want to go to the maze? I think the maze would be easier for us to find. Even though, like, the name is a little bit deceiving, I'm still a seer, right? Yeah. So maybe I can harness a bit of a power to actually at least lead us to the right path there. In Bordon, your abilities can be used once every three days so you should still be able to use your vision whenever you want yeah but and again i'm still like cleric with like a uh, knowledge domain so yeah i have some skills for example like augury i think i can use that hmm yeah there's a scrying room with all necessary materials just a little down the hall if you wish thank you thank you very much as we turn to leave, I'll look at him and ask him, um, what if you wanted to block scrying? How would you do that? Hmm. There are items we have that can stop someone from scrying on you. Are you worried about being scried on? It's a good question. Should we be? 
No. If you feel you're being particularly hunted by certain groups, you could. Uh, this building, for example, wards away scrying, but we have smaller items that'll work to a lesser extent. How would I get some of those items? We can order them for you from our workshops. We would have them made. Do you think Matthews was sort of using that to find us? He's powerful. He could be. He has clerical abilities. I don't see why he couldn't. Can you order all of us something like that? Yeah, I, I think it would be very helpful. He nods, and you see him writing something down on a piece of paper. Yeah, MZ, make a sense motive. Or, sorry, insight. Okay. Five. You just see him, he stares at you for a moment while he's thinking about this request. And then he wrote it down. But you couldn't really get anything off him. It's kind of hard to read him. Okay. Okay. So you guys head off to the scrying room? Is that where you think we should go board on? Sure. So that that's how he typed in, you know, okay. <laughs> our request. <laughs> no. <laughs> is it is it too late for me to use a point of inspiration and try to do that again? I'll let you do that again. Yeah? Yeah. I forgot you guys had inspiration. But usually I have to say that I want to use it before? Um, yeah, I believe it gives you advantage. So, oh, But okay. I'll, I'll let you use it. It's fine. Ooh, 18. So it clicks suddenly in your head. Suddenly, what I just said doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you realize what he is. Elwyn is a Rakasha. They're old and powerful. And for the most part, evil is sin. And they're also outer planar creatures. So he very much so knows about your people more than likely. And when you asked for these, he almost had a knowing look in his eyes while he stared at you. And then he wrote it down. Okay. <laughs> I know he knows. <laughs> Great. It just pointed to... Does he know that I know? <laughs> Glad to have used that insight. <laughs> oh, he knows that you know that he knows that you know. Yeah, uh, so just make sure that you guys uh, keep track. When you use it, it's gone, but I'll give it to you guys when you do something great role-playing-wise. And if you already have one, you can only have one at a time. So, All right, you guys are heading off to the scrying room. Let's pop over to Kelsar and Ronnie. Okay, Ronnie, so we're on a pertinent business here, so try not to get drunk right away. Looks like a question. Do we, do we rest? Yeah, you had like a night's rest, so then you, oh. you're all good to go. Like, we rested so much that I had to help mm. Kelsar. <laughs> yeah, you had to get him out of rest. Oh, right, that was between. Okay, yeah, right. So you guys are strolling down the street, a little more vigilant than last time, and you guys can actually see, while you're going down these streets, you see cultists every now and then. Often they're chatting with other people. But you see those symbols dangling around their necks, the sunburst with a set of teeth on it, smiling. And sometimes they look at you, sometimes they don't bother looking at you. But you see them... Probably like one in every 50 people. Stay alert. And whenever people are talking to them, they seem to be just having a great conversation. All right. I didn't think we were a plan of what we're going to do when we get there, but maybe we should uh, try and sneak into an office and see if they have any information about the cult. Hmm. Maybe I can uh, talk to the bar, maybe the bartender, the owner of the place, maybe keep uh, distracted while you go investigate. All right. I'll be invisible. So. Good. Yeah. So helpful. <laughs> so. <I'm> kidding. 
Alright, so you guys get to the bar, and like they said before, all the windows are perfectly fine. Patrons are in there joking around. It's different patrons this time. Maybe, like, a couple of them are the same. And it's still coming around lunchtime, so now they're bringing out food to people. People are still playing cards, drinking, and just chatting, maybe enjoying some tobacco. This is unreal. And the barkeep, she's bringing out some food to some of the guys and setting it down. She looks up. Oh, you're back. Yeah, we're back. Um, what, what's happened? You guys are all alright? Yeah? I mean, Ronnie's music got pretty good, but I don't think it was, like, so good we would die. Well, don't hold your breath on that. Um, it's just that yesterday we, we were attacked by cultists, so... Oh, where? Here. Here at the, at, at the bar. Like, in the back? No, like here, like right here, where we were standing, that we were surrounded by cultists. Why doesn't anyone believe me? She's just staring at you, like, okay. The windows! I saw it yesterday! They were shattered! This is... this is crazy! Ronnie, what are you doing in the meantime? Uh, I'm sneaking off. So, did you go invisible before, or while he's talking? Uh, no, I'm going to just walk towards the bathrooms. Okay. As soon as bathrooms. Yeah. And then uh, turn invisible when I'm out of sight. Okay, so you get out of the way, you pass someone who's just coming from the washroom, and then which instrument do you use to go invisible? Oh, what's small? Uh, triangle? Maracas? Yeah, triangle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> So you just hold your hand out to the wall, and a piece of the wall just rips away. <laughs> and then you start playing the kazoo. And you are invisible. So roll me an investigation while you try to look around. And also roll me a stealth, because you could still be heard. So stealth with 14. Nice. And then 14. You're fairly quiet. The odd time, maybe you'll creak a door, or you'll walk on a squeaky board, but it, there's so much noise going on in the inn already. And nobody really notices. While you're walking around, you find one area and you notice that it's locked. And you go to open up the door and you see this energy again start happening around your hand. And you feel like you can control it. It seems to just be like warping things around your hand at the moment. What do you try to do? Uh, so like I can like, try and reach through the door and unlock it. You take hold of this energy and you try to focus on it to think to yourself, I can put my hand through this door. And when you put your hand to the door, the door where your hand is, there's no door. And you reach in and just unlock the lock from the inside. Pull your hand out and the door's there again. And you just open it up. That's a great ability to give Ronnie. I'll explain this ability in a little bit, but right now you just discovered this one. So you come into this office and you start, you see that there's a desk with a bunch of papers all over it. It's very obvious, like there's not a lot in here. And you go to this desk, you start rifling around. You see that there's a little book that's kind of propped open, like there's something in it. And you open it up and there's a piece of skin that's stretched and dried and written on it. It says, Ronnie, Meet me at the docks, 11 p.m. And it shows uh, it shows the name, uh, the Salty Splatoon. And then you see it's for 11 p.m. It's in very elegant writing on this skin. 
All right, so uh, gonna pocket that. It's gross when you fold it up. <laughs> it's super <laughs> fucking gross. It does not feel like old skin either. You said it was like stretch and dry. It's like leather, right? Yeah, but it doesn't feel like it's like old and cracked. It, just, it feels like it's it's fairly new. You pocket up this flap of skin, and then you come out. And Kelsar, what are you talking about while she's out? She still looks distressed as Ronnie's coming out. I I, I saw him. He threatened he threatened every patron to kill them. He I I saw him take out a knife and uh, take out take it out and put it against the the. The, the knocked out person's Listen, neck. Buddy, he was gonna I stab deal with him. Crazies all the time. Oh my! You're one of those guys with the symbol in yeah, your hand, yeah, huh? One of those crazy. I ones? am not crazy. You bring this around trouble all the time. I am not crazy. I. S You're not. Okay. You know, I have a lot of people here trying to enjoy a meal. How about uh, you just see yourself uh, out? Fine. Fine. And as you go out, Ronnie goes out with you. So what'd you find, Ronnie? Uh, well, I found some more skin, and uh, I got a date. Wait, skin? Date? Slow down. What do you mean? You can't just casually throw that away and and not give out details. I found, uh, I found a piece of skin with my name and uh, location on it. I said they were to meet me there at 11 o'clock. Okay, what's the location? Salty Splatoon? The salty, the salty Splatoon? Isn't that near the Krusty, Krusty Krab? Uh, no. Okay. No, absolutely I... not. <laughs> uh, I would never sing to that. That must be another dimension, though. <laughs> we go over to Borodon and MC. So you guys come into the scrying room, and uh, so you're trying to do some divination on Aaron Bordeaux, correct? Yeah, it would have to be up to Borodon to do that, though, because I have no idea how to do this. Do you have an item that's related to him in any way i think we don't do we because we basically lost everything right yeah but i risked my neck to get those documents oh yeah but it's just his name oh yeah but maybe he actually but it's connected to him right yeah sure so is oxygen so i don't know i don't know <laughs> what did the what did the receipt say it had his name and then like 200 gold pieces right like that's what yeah, for services rendered. Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, it doesn't hurt. That That's for sure. So, Borodon, you sit down, and there's a number of items, whether you want dice, you want bones, you want whatever you want to use to u do this augury. I'll use stones. I mean, I'm no tribal, you know, to actually be rolling bones. You find these beautifully carved stones that have symbols all around them. And you recognize the symbols, it's all in Dwarven. You go and you take these, and then MZ goes to lay down the receipt that he found. But you find that while you've been traveling, this receipt's been pretty torn up, and the name is barely legible on it. As you set down these stones to try to take it out and smooth out this receipt, Bordon, you feel something inside you, and then you feel it going through your arms, coming to your hands, and while you're holding this receipt, you see it slowly start turning back. The folds that are all like crinkled all start smoothing out. The tears start forming together and it suddenly looks like it's brand new. There was like a spell like that, right? On TND, third edition? Yeah, there's a spell for called make whole or repair, but this one, it clicks in your head immediately and you realize that this power 
you can take a small object and you can forward time on it or you can reverse time on it. That's a power that I have. Yeah, a small object that's maybe one foot by one foot. And that counts as uh, an extra domain spell. Oh, cool. You now have the domain of time. <gasps> Seriously? I have two domains? Yes. <laughs> and that's where a lot of your powers are going to start sitting now. They're just going to be like domain spells that you're going to be getting. So, okay, so I have knowledge in time domain. What will be the next one? God. Oh, maybe I'm going to be like Mega Man. I'm not giving you a third domain. This isn't South Park. Jesus. <laughs> you, you see this and you suddenly realize what you can do. And you're holding this brand new receipt. And it looks like the ink is still a little bit wet. Like it's just been written. And MZ, you watched that happen just before you. So, before you ask anything, I have no idea how this happened. You feel your holy symbol is a little warm on your chest. So I, I just take it, you know, and look at it. It seems to be glowing a little bit, like it got a little hot. It's not burning you by any means, but it's definitely giving off a lot of heat. So I'll just put it back. You place the stones down now. Or, sorry, you pick them up, you place down the receipt. You start rolling these around. You start rolling them around. And you go and you throw them down. And you see it lands up in some way down. And you get the results of wheel and woe. How? How could it be like both wheel and woe? Some of the stones, it's an equal part of the stones were good for good results and equal were bad. So it's basically like could happen like both good things and bad things probably depending on which path that we take. So I'm just telling that uh, MC, MC that. What do you mean? Uh, good question. What happened is while I'm auguring it, half of the results were good and half were bad, meaning that... I mean, it won't be necessarily bad, nor good, unless we, we make the right decisions, you know? Okay, so do you know where he is? Or what he's doing? Or what does this mean? Good question. Because I was auguring, I don't know, I was, when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about the maze, like that specific location. So, okay. I think if we go there, we may be able to find him there. But what I cannot grasp, what I cannot understand, is why do we care so much about this guy? I don't fully know either, it's just, it's a name that came up, and I'm just kind of curious about it, I guess. You are very curious about him, because, I don't know. What did he have to do, Geldspear? That's what I want to know. Is he an actual lead? D do you think that? I don't know. I'd rather find out that he's not, and he's a nobody, then maybe he knows something that we would want to know. Maybe. And if he's here in the city, while we're here in the city, why not go rough him up a bit? I think it's it's fair, because if we have enough time to do that, and if it's quick enough, but I wouldn't spend a lot of time doing that. No, I think I'd spend maybe today to do, to see if I can figure something out. And then after that, then... Sounds good. So, just, just one thing on the side. Lucas, there is no time domain. I know. I made it up. <gasps> yes, you just created one spe specifically for me. Yay. Okay. 
then later on just tell me the sweet sweet spells I'll get for free oh, well they'll be unlocked with time uh-huh. but uh... just move that time forward get those spells now we don't have time for those <laughs> I still have two domains while you guys have none so while the camera goes and it pans and it's looking at both groups you have Ronnie showing this disgusting flap of skin to Kalsar, and both of them sort of looking at it a little quizzically, while Ronnie has a little bit of a smirk on his face, and we have Bordon looking down at these stones and his newfound powers, and Emzy speaking with him. And now you both have two new leads of something to investigate in the City of Sanctuary. Diggity damn! I did not expect time magic and chaos magic to make entrances in the same episode. Oh boy, they're going to get out into some interesting shenanigans. Hopefully Borodon respects the laws of time. If you enjoyed the little ability that Borodon gained, and he shall gain many more in the near future, we took some of the abilities and were inspired by many more in the book Chronomancy by Loot the Boss. You can find this on Drive Through RPG. Just search it up, grab it, and take it for a spin for some fantastic abilities with time magic for rogues, wizards, sorcerers, and warlocks. Bring time magic into your game. Dear travelers, if you wish to aid us on our conquest of the shows of the podcast, then go to Stitcher or iTunes and leave us the review, hopefully five stars, and we shall spread word of it on our show. Also, if you wish to see more of the thoughts streaming upon the nether sphere of the great wing of a gimbal, join us on Twitter at Ballad7Dice. I hope to see you soon, travelers, and I bid you adieu.